friends. My name is Sean Arsenault, but you can call me Shawnee. I'm a board certified nurse coach and holistic healer, and I want to help you transform your life in a way that feels in total alignment with your heart and who you truly are. Each week, I'll be sharing with you my tips on how to become more empowered in your own wellness journey and create a vibrant, fulfilling life that reflects your values and your truth. You'll hear insightful interviews on different life and wellness topics and stories from myself and other beautiful souls who share my mission of spreading love and light in this sometimes dark world. My hope for this podcast is that you will walk away feeling inspired and more aligned in your purpose. This is your permission to get curious and lean into your intuition as we all learn and grow together. Welcome to the Aligned and Well podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Aligned and Well podcast. It's Sean here. I have a really exciting interview today. I'm going to be interviewing Yogi Aaron. So um, Yogi, he's one of the most sought after teachers. He's a trailblazing professional in a new path in the world of yoga. He's known for his unorthodox perspectives on stretching and flexibility and how both can cause um, more harm than good. So that's going to be an interesting topic we'll touch on today. His teachings aim to help as many people as possible live a pain-free life so that they can realize yoga's true intentions. Um, he's the creator of the revolutionary approach to yoga, applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation, uh, and the online platform, The Yogi Club. So um, he's also the host of the yoga podcast, Stop Stretching, the author of Autobiography of a Naked Yogi, and his new book, Stop Stretching, A New Yogic Approach to Master Your Body and Live Pain-Free. And he's also the co-owner of Blue Osa Yoga Retreat and Spa in Costa Rica, where he leads yoga teacher training immersions all year round. Um, he's got an awesome sense of humor, a contagious laugh, a courageous adventurous spirit, and that really makes him stand out and uh, be a favored leading yoga teacher today. So that was like, you know, you've got a lot of things going on for you, <laughs> Yogi. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me here. It's nice to speak with you, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I just gave like a big introduction of all the things that are going on with you, but I'd love to give you an opportunity to kind of speak a little bit more about yourself and what really drove you to this work. It's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the short story is, and feel free to stop and ask questions or if you want yeah. me to talk about, because I'm going to give you the quick version. Um, sure. I've been teaching yoga since I was like 18, 20, or doing yoga since I was 18, 20. Yeah. Started teaching in my early 20s. And I got into it because I wanted to deal with my tight muscles. You know, I was very athletic as a child. Well, as a teenager, you know, I snowshoed, I hiked in the Rocky Mountains, canoed. Um, one, one of the canoe trips I did was, you know, to 900 kilometers in three weeks, a lot of distance. Wow. Um, dog sledding, uh, uh, trail running, cross-country running, um, volleyball, ice hockey, you know, everything. And by the time I was 18, I could feel my body tighten up. So I got 
into yoga because for me, mm-hmm. yoga equaled stretching. And yeah. I also, and if you polled most people about why you should stretch, the two most common things that most people will say, not everybody, but most people will say, whether they're, you know, they're consciously thinking it or not, is that they want to become younger. Mm-hmm. So they think that being flexible equals youth, or they yeah. want to become healthier. And so people equate flexibility with health. And it's very normal because when you look at like a lot of fitness magazines and people doing these kind of quote unquote stretches, it's always usually a skinny white woman in tights. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that looks fabulous, darling. <laughs> right. So, you know, but for, for many of us, that's what we picture as, as health. And we're like, oh, I want to look like that person. And yeah. What I've discovered painfully is that actually stretching makes you worse. Um, Mm. Over time, it causes a lot of instability in the body. Uh, What a lot of, I think one of the biggest dirty secrets in the yoga world that very few people talk about, in my opinion, at least, is that a lot of yoga teachers have dealt with like shoulder replacements or shoulder injuries, knee replacements, hip replacements lower back injuries, um, you know, spinal fusions in their lower back. And that's kind of where my journey took me when I was around 45. So keep in mind, I started in my, you know, late teen and 45, I ended up in a surgeon's office, an orthopedic surgeon who said that, oh, we might need to do a spinal fusion on your lower back. And so I'm a firm believer in yoga. For me, the spiritual aspect of yoga has really evolved over Mm -hmm. time. I, as I mentioned, I got into yoga for the workout, for the stretching, you know, instead of what it was really supposed to be about, which was the internal healing and the reconnection mm. self and feeling it complete at home and within myself. Now that journey happened over time. And I think it's, you know, like most people, I think it's an evolutionary process. Yeah. But for me in the beginning, it was really like, how much can I put my foot behind my head? And yeah. let's like, how do we create these yoga shapes? And then as I started to injure myself, little did I know it was because of the stretching. What did I do? I stretched more. And that's what kind of led me to that moment when I was in the surgeon's office. And that moment kind of made me kind of do a few check-ins. One, what is yoga really for me? Mm-hmm. Two, how do I achieve that state of yoga and three, where does this asana business really fit into it? And so that kind of led me down this path of like, I really don't know the human body as well as I thought I did, or I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And then that kind of like opened up the doorway for me to start studying muscle function uh, on a much more profound level. And, and it wasn't so much that I wanted to teach other people. It was, I wanted to educate myself. I needed to understand how do I become a better version of myself? How do I become a more stable version? So I don't end up in the search. Right, right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That, that is so, that's such an interesting story because I think like, you know, whenever people think about yoga, they think about like those stretching poses and things like that. And that's a lot of the reason why people get into yoga. Um, So I'd love to hear a little bit more about like the internal healing journey that you were talking about. Tell me a little bit more about your experience. And like, also, I know that you help people with this kind of stuff too. So like, what, what do you see in people as you um, you know, implement your own specific approach to yoga too. 
Well, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, the internal journey part of it for me is what yoga really is about. It's this dissection of, of who we are and learning to understand like the true self mm. is separate from the feelings, from my thoughts, from my ego, from, and so when I ended up in the surgeon's office, you know, as us, as human beings, we're constantly in conflict with who are we because yeah. we want to attach ourselves. Like I'm a successful business person. I'm a successful podcaster. Mm-hmm. I'm a successful nurse, you know? And then once we give up those things, then we're like, oh my God, who am I? So yeah. when I ended up at the surgeon's office, um, there was like that, you know, confronting of, I've been doing yoga for a long time, been stretching. I take care of myself. I, I'm a teacher. I guide so many people. And here somebody is telling me that, basically what I've been doing is not been the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a painful moment. Let me tell you. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, like what, what do you mean? I what don't do know. Mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So when I, what I've been doing in this journey has really humbled me because I realized I don't know that much. And mm. Coming at it from that place of like, okay, well, like when I started studying muscle activation technique with Greg Roscoff, who Mm -hmm. has a school in Denver, that was sort of my gateway into understanding the body more. I realized I didn't know anything about muscle function. I didn't know anything about how muscles worked. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that kind of gave me the platform to start sharing this with other people and giving them simple little things like, you know, what you can do to become stronger. And that you asked me a question earlier, like, how does that transformation happen? It's, it's remarkable. I get emails all the time from people. Like I haven't been like one of the most common ones is I've been in pain for two or three years. Mm. Nothing has helped. And you're the first person that's said something that has actually made sense. And I am like, I, or I slept for the first time in a few years last night. So that's like, for me, that's just very gratifying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. Like, you know, through your own story, I mean, you're able to help so many other people. Cause like there, I feel like there are so many people who resonate with what you shared about like going into uh, a practitioner's office and them saying like, you need to have surgery or you need to have this, this, and this done. And then kind of having like that freak out moment of like, I thought I was doing all the right things, you know? <laughs> so, um, so can you tell me a little bit about like the science behind like the stretching aspect of yoga and how it can be harmful? Sure. I mean, the basic, I, we could, I, I, we can really dive into it and break it down. So if I talk too much, just cut me off. <laughs> got it. Got it. If I do, this is, you can tell I get very passionate. About I know. This. I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a telephone line between your brain and your muscles. And that mm-hmm. telephone line is the nervous system. More specifically, the neuro, what we refer to as the neuromuscular system. Yeah. And so there's communication going on all the time. One of the words for that scientifically is proprioception. And proprioception means that your brain has this sense of like, oh, that's where my bicep is. That's where my Mm -hmm. glutes are. And so like if we're both sitting right now, when we go and stand up, there should be a signal like, 
like there should be feedback from the glute saying, Hey, I need to contract. And then the central nervous system, the brain goes, okay, you should contract. That's proprioception. There's mm-hmm. a con- there's a connection there, right? Yeah. Um, now, sometimes you hear stories, and I've experienced this probably about four different times in my life, mm-hmm. unfortunately, where I have been sitting and I've gone to sit up, stand up, and my lower back seizes up. Mm. Because that communication system wasn't going on between the glutes and the brain. And so now there's instability. And what's going to happen is the body goes, oh, or the brain goes, oh, there's not stability. Like, like we're not in con- communication with the glutes. So we need to tell whatever muscles that are within communication range, like tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. Yeah. And so that's what happens when you feel your lower back muscles seize up. And then they're kind of like in that state of contraction spasm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's because the body has gone into a protective state spasm. Muscle spasms is just the body reacting and going into a protective state. Now, when we stretch, what we're doing is we cut off that proprioception. We force a muscle and in the sciences kind of get into the weeds a little bit and make and trying to make it as simple as possible. I can make it more scientific if you want, but when there's healthy connection, it's because the the muscle knows what it can do. The brain knows what the muscle can do. Mm-hmm. When we start to force a muscle to do what it's not supposed to do, i.e. stretch yeah. in a passive way, then the proprioception just gets cut off. It's like taking a pair of gardening shears to that telephone line and just kind of cutting it. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, now there's no more communication um, between the brain and the muscle. Now, will that communication system come back? It depends. You know, we see this with gymnasts a lot. Mm -hmm. Gymnasts force their bodies to do things beyond the capacity. And then all of a sudden, by the age of 30, we start, we don't see people competing at that, you know, level because their bodies just don't work, you know, properly that, that rebound doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, We see that also with older people, you know, as we get older, that communication system becomes more compromised. And so what starts to shut down that communication system is stress, trauma, and overuse stretching is a type of stress. Mm-hmm. And so we're applying that stress to the um, muscles, thereby it starts to shut down the muscles at a neuromuscular level. Like, and, and so what does that mean? That means that those muscles lose their force output. They no longer are able to contract and contract on demand. And so you might think, well, why is that important? Well, one day I was sitting in the shower, standing in the shower, and I reached up and I grabbed my shampoo bottle mm-hmm. and my whole upper back tightened up yeah. because the, shoulder, the muscles in the shoulder were not reacting properly. So what creates stability is other muscles and thereby the muscle spasm. Yeah. took me about three weeks to get over that. Particular oh my gosh. Part. And I was leaving for vacation like the two days later. So, no. you know, <laughs> but, but, but what I actually did the day before was overstretch my muscles and go, and it was demonstrated, I was teaching uh, finishing a yoga teacher training, I went up in this arm balance and I wasn't prepared for it. And I created this enormous amount of 
stress and trauma in my shoulders. Next morning, I do something simple like reach up for the shampoo bottle to wash my hair and my body was not happy. So when our bodies don't work properly, then it starts to create a, a perfect storm for something, you know, like a, a a muscle spasm in a place that we don't want in the lower back and the knees and in the, sh- the shoulder girdle. Mm-hmm. And then we start to lose restriction. And, you know, that just kind of exacerbates. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, and I mean, like hearing you talk about it, it makes total sense. Because like, I know for sure, like in my own experience, whenever I stretch, sometimes I can feel whenever I'm overstretching and not listening to my body. Um, yeah. And so I know you've created like a totally different approach to doing yoga. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you created that? And like, yeah, I just wanted to kind of just go back for one split second. You said something really potent that you can feel what happens when you stretch. And that's true. Like when you get people like, for example, doing one of the most popular poses, pigeon pose. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people are doing this deep stretch in their glutes. And whenever you do pigeon pose, you're actually shutting down all your hip extensors, your hip flexors. You're even shutting down a bit of your trunk flexors, your trunk rotators. So all these stabilizing muscles are Mm -hmm. shutting down. And you can see people when they come out of pigeon, they can barely move. Yeah. And they might, you know, some of us equate that to, oh, it's like that euphoric feeling of stretching. No, honey, it's because you literally can't move. (laughs) So interesting. You know, you do you, you feel good. Right. But you are coming out of that um, really uh, compromised. So where, where it's different with me is that I... There's a couple of things. First and foremost, stop stretching. And so then you kind of ask the question, well, how do we do these yoga poses? Right. Some I actually tell people you can't, you shouldn't do them anymore, like pigeon pose. Yeah. Just don't do it. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, and then other poses, we start to approach it more dynamically. And and one of the ways to kind of illustrate that is this typical pose, yoga pose that a lot of people do. Um, the Sanskrit word is like supta uh, padangustasana, hands to feet pose, reclining on your back. So this, or or just like stretching your leg while lying down. So you're on your back. You bring, for example, your right leg up to ninety degrees, and the teacher mm-hmm. would say, "Grab your foot mm-hmm. or grab the leg." What I would actually do is something different. I would say, "Bring you." you Either just bring the leg up as much as you can, hold it there, and then for a few seconds, and then slowly lower, and then repeat that several times. Mm -hmm. Now, why most people would do that is to stretch the hamstring. Yeah. But the hamstring is not lifting the leg up. Mm -hmm. What is lifting the leg up? The quads. Yeah. And the hip flexors. So we actually want to get the hip flexors and the quads to strengthen to reintegrate, to increase that proprioception. Yeah. As soon as I grab the leg and pull the leg towards me, now I'm doing a passive stretch and I'm cutting that proprioception, yeah. which then is going to leave me weaker afterwards. Yeah. And so what you do is you slow, you bring the leg up slowly, hold it there for a few seconds, slowly lower the leg back down and repeat that several times. And what you'll notice over time is that your hamstrings will loosen. Mm -hmm. Why do they loosen? 
because the opposite muscle, the agonist muscle is actually working. Mm. So tight muscles are always a sign of muscle weakness because the opposite muscle is not contracting properly. So one of the basic ideas that I bring to the table, which isn't a new thing, it's actually as old as time, you know, we were taught, you and I were taught in almost grade school, the rule of muscles that when a muscle contracts, the opposite muscle relaxes. Mm -hmm. And so if that muscle, the agonist isn't contracting properly, the antagonist is not going to relax, is Mm -hmm. not going to lengthen. So from the way in the Yama approach, the applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation approach to asana is we don't think about what we're lengthening anymore. Mm-hmm. We're completely focused on what is contracting, awesome. what is shortening. And that's what, what I focus on uh, all the time. And so that's why like in poses like pigeon pose, we just cut them out yeah. because there is no shortening. There's no real dynamic shortening um, of muscles happening there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like one thing that came up for me as you were talking was the idea of not stretching while doing yoga yeah. seems a little bit like you know, like controversial in that community. Have you gotten and like what has been the response to that? Like whenever you approach people with with <laughs> like your you know your system, like what what response have you gotten? <laughs> Well, I mean, I've emailed a lot of people um, over the time and reached out to a lot of people. I was actually almost going to be in this yoga festival in, I think it's Telluride, Colorado. Okay. And it's a big yoga festival. And the pr- one of the programmers was so excited to have me come. Um, but I think what they didn't end up not. And I think one of the reasons is that it's just too much. It short circuits so many people's brains. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like, you know, it's kind of like having, you know, a vaccination uh, conversation, you know, you got the one group of no, no, no. And you got the other group, like, you know, shaming you if you don't. And, and that's kind of like what I confront um, in my lane is like, definitely, I would say 30 to 50% of people that I talk to Mm -hmm. are so get so angry. Uh, (laughs) Interesting. You know, then there's another like third that's like, you know, like treat me like they're, you know, crazy grandmother, like, oh, that's really cute, granny. Here's a shawl to keep you warm. Oh my gosh. Um, And then there's like some people like you that just get it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that makes sense. And what I, what I bring to the table is like, if you ask most yoga teachers, when I say most yoga teachers, I mean more than 99%. And yeah. and I don't say this in a, in a disparaging way. Right. But if you ask them a question, what is the purpose of muscle function? They will mm-hmm. not be able to give you an answer. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just don't know. And yet they're teaching people how to use their bodies. And yeah. so what I'm going to do is bring in a sense of like, okay, this is what muscles are supposed to do. This is how they work. Yeah. Uh, if we go against this, we're going to create instability and instability, you know, opens up the doorway for injuries in our joints, which is why you see so many yoga people getting severely injured. Yeah. And and when I say injuries, I'm talking about like shoulder problems is probably at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, lower back problems, knee problems, hip problems, chronic hip pain. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these are because we're not really, cre- we're not teaching stability. We're teaching instability because mm-hmm. we're so focused and obsessed with flexibility. So true. Yeah. And I, I even find this conversation might be super helpful for people like new to yoga too, because yeah. like as someone who has now done yoga myself, but like before, whenever I first started, I was so intimidated by it. Like I, there are some people who are really discouraged about doing yoga because like these poses and these like stretches seem so impossible for them to do. Right. And it doesn't, it goes against like what their body tells them is like, feels good. Um, so like for new, like people new to yoga, um, if somebody is coming to you and they're a newbie at at doing yoga, like what would be your top three pieces of like wisdom or advice that you could you could share with them? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because it's really hard to find a teacher, yeah, a yoga teacher who's not obsessed with stretching. Um, <laughs> right. But I mean by like a yoga teacher, like one of the biggest mistakes that yoga teachers make is teaching the class by doing the postures. Mm. And, and so when in those classes, like say, for example, this kind of is burned into my brain that how many times I've been in a class, especially way, you know, way before, but even now you see this where you're doing like one of the final poses, which is like, you know, seated forward folds. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most people you you see stiff Biff, you know, there with his back rounding and he's like, you know, you can see how much pain he's in. Yeah. And then you see other people like finding this. And the teacher is saying from the front of the room as they're coming into their own forward bend, everybody just go to your own, you know, pose, just find your own pose. And they're bringing their forehead down to their legs. They've mm-hmm. wrapped their arms around their feet. And that sends a really distorted message. Mm. Um, First of all, like that should not be the picture of yoga. Mm -hmm. And you are doing more damage by showing people, you know, you're saying on one hand, go to your own, you know, practice. Well, what does that even mean? Go to your own practice. Yeah. That's That's confusing. (laughs) Very confusing, especially when I'm watching you do something that I can't do. Exactly. Don't practice mean that I should duplicate it. So there's a lot of like mixed messaging. And so you asked me a question before. Let me come back to your question. What three things I would say, you know, you have to find a yoga teacher that really knows their stuff. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. Uh, But you as a student need to do that. Just sample as much as you can. Mm -hmm. If you find a teacher teaching stretching, like as the foundation run away, but also educate yourself. Like every video that I put out has a strong, and and I have a ton of free content on YouTube. I also have a paywall, of course, but go to YouTube educate yourself as much as you can about your body. I wish that I had a teacher like me in the beginning, like that was as passionate about teaching people about muscle function, about, you know, just little things that you can do in your life. And, and, and the other thing I would encourage your listeners who are new to yoga, Mm -hmm. that for me, the biggest gift, and, and I say this in, in looking at my own yoga journey, as well as many of the students that I've taught is that it is a journey yeah. um, of understanding ourselves, um, 
of understanding what is going to make us stronger, of understanding what helps us to live a pain-free life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what reconnects, you know, that mind body connection is so important. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think one of the biggest gifts of yoga is, is improving that mind body connection. And then of course, in my lane, that brain to body connection as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. And I think that like, it's, the the word intuition came up for me as you were talking of like how this approach to yoga is so much more intuitive like really listening to your body and like understanding that there there is a connection between your brain and your body and like severing that connection by trying to overstretch yourself or doing you know something that like your body doesn't want to do uh, could be really harmful you know both both physically and and mentally too like there's a lot of mind games that can come up with trying to do a pose and not being able to do it and then like having all this self talk of like oh my gosh like i i can't do this like what does that mean about me you know i can see a lot of people going down that spiral yeah. um the way that I teach yoga and and people will experience this as soon as they get into my videos is that it's very um it's very inclusive. Mm-hmm. And generally I would say that most of what I teach anybody can do it. Um awesome. yeah. it's not about how far you can go, it's about activating a muscle. Yeah. And you know, um and and trying to feel, you know, you go to your own pace. You know, muscles always dictate the function of how far the body can move. And so if you can only lift your arm that far, that's as far as you can lift it. It's it's not about, okay, I've got to lift it up this high. Yeah. It's about it's about going to your own thing and just kind of using your body. And and you know, as I'm aging, and I'm not that old yet, but I'm mm-hmm. 51 at this moment mm-hmm. as we're recording this, that you know, there's the axiom use it or to lose it is mm-hmm. so apparent to me. And I was visiting my dad and my stepmom uh just recently, and both of them, you know, my dad was telling me, like, I go see a physiotherapist once a week. I go see a chiropractor, blah, blah, blah. I see a massage therapist. And I said, why are you doing this, dad? And he goes, because I'm 86 years old at this moment. And if I don't, if I stop doing anything, I know my body's going to, you know, seize up on me. My body's going to tighten up. And yeah. I thought that was really insightful. Like, to have that awareness, like you got to keep using it. And yeah. so age, my teacher, Greg says, you know, age always begins in the muscles in that mm-hmm. neuromuscular connection. And the moment we lose it, that's the moment that things start to shut down and it's a chain reaction throughout the yeah. whole body. Yeah. So. Mm. That's, that's amazing. Like I, I'm think I'm just hearing you talk about the, the, this, different way to do yoga. And like, it makes me more excited to like practice some of the stuff that you're teaching, because I think that, again, for for people who are especially new to yoga, or who are not able to do a lot of the poses that are popular in the yoga community. um, It can it can be really encouraging to know that like, there's a way to do it that works for me that that, um, you know, doesn't make me feel isolated. I like you I like you use the word inclusive. Because I I will say sometimes like yoga in general can feel like an exclusive community. Like you're not a yogi if you can't do these certain poses, right? So 
there was one thing that I wanted to ask too of like myths, myths about yoga. And I, I, you've already addressed some of them, but like, are there any other <laughs> myths about yoga that you'd like to debunk for people listening? <laughs> I think, well, one of the biggest myths is, you know, and this drives me crazy is like how many times yoga teachers say we have to open the hips. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the, it's like, I, there's a lot of pseudoscience in the yoga world. And all I can say to your listeners is try to pay attention, mm -hmm. pay attention to that red light that goes yeah. on in your brain. Like, what does that really mean to open your hips? Like try and look at things, hear things from more of a discriminating scientific uh, perspective, if you will anatomical perspective like does that really make sense right, you know? right. um and because i always kind of joke now like if we end up if we really want to open the hips what we're really saying to people is that we should dislocate our hips right right i don't think we want to walk through life with dislocated hips yeah um and but the the other biggest myth is like you know and you hear yoga teachers say this a lot like yoga is not about flexibility and it's not and it should mm -hmm. never be um, and stretching is not the way to yoga. Mm -hmm. Being in your body is one of the pathways to yoga. And that's the gift of, of the Hatha yoga tradition. I'm a mm -hmm. very, I'm actually a very, contrary to what people might think from this conversation, I'm actually a very strong traditionalist when it yeah. comes to yoga. Um, and I really, you know, follow the scriptures. I teach from a scriptural perspective. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why we have the gift of going into our body through these postures, through these practices, learning to integrate movement and breath is one of the most powerful ways to feel that um, sometimes we call it life force energy awaken within us. Mm. And that life force energy, we call it prana, is that is what's connected to our link, if you will, to that universe of limitless possibilities. In yoga, I just call it the universe. If you're a Christian, maybe you call it God. If you're right. Muslim, maybe you call that Allah. But we all have that connection. And, and breathway is that link. And that mm -hmm. is, you know, as we do these physical postures, these whatever it is, as we're breathing, that is what connects us to our divine, our highest divine um, possibility, inspiration. And that for me is like what excites me. Cause when you see mm -hmm. that happen within people and they all of a sudden tap into, they sense, they get a glimpse of that universe of limitless possibilities. Mm -hmm. That uh, for me is like one of the most rewarding things as a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I loved even like just seeing how excited you got talking about that. And it is really cool that you, you, just spoke about that because it also reminds people that, like you said, yoga isn't just about your physical being. It's about that inner healing journey too. And I think that kind of like really yeah. rounded out um, that, that topic there. I, I love that you brought that in. Um, okay. Is there anything else that you want to share with my listeners that we haven't touched on yet that you'd, you'd like to leave us with? I would encourage your listeners to get a copy of my book. Um, I, I have a podcast. It's a series, yeah. a limited series. So it's only eight parts mm -hmm. and it's called Stop Stretching. Both of them yeah. are called Stop Stretching. Um, 
And I also have like, if people go to my website, yogiaron.com, there's a seven day uh, pain-free series that people can get in touch with. It's like, I have so much free content. Yeah. I, my passion. I mean, you know, it's not like, I just want to just see people live their best life. And yeah. what I know from my own personal experience is that when we're in pain, mm-hmm. all of our mental energy you know, and I'm talking physical pain, right. emotional pain. That's not my lane. Right, but right. <laughs> physical pain. That when we're in physical pain, all of our mental energy goes to get us out of pain. Mm-hmm. And so, if we can get our bodies feeling better, you know, our vitality improves. Our mental energy then goes. What is it that I really want to accomplish in life? And we get excited about that. But mm-hmm. when we're in chronic pain, it's just we we are debilitated and we can't do anything. So mm-hmm. my big passion is to get people out of that um, physical pain, to get them into vitality, into stability, so that they can go out to manifest and live their life purpose. Mm, oh, my gosh. I love that. I love that answer. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so so good. I, I I will have all of those links that you mentioned in the show notes for people so that they can find you. Um, so if you want to check out Yogi Aaron here, um, all of that will be in the show notes for you to utilize all of his free content. I love that you have so many resources for people. Um, and I always ask this question to all of my guests. Of course, this is the Aligned and Well podcast. Um, so what does Aligned and Well, uh, what does the, being Aligned and Well mean for you? Being Aligned and Well means that I am in touch, perpetually in touch with my life purpose mm. and that I'm actually living it. And we can, I always feel like when I'm not in alignment mm-hmm. is when I'm busy doing in life rather than being. Oh, yeah. um, and in the last few years, I've been really reflecting on this a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially since, you know, the lockdowns. And because yeah. in the lockdown, I kind of went, part of me went into manifesting my life purpose mode and the other part of me went into survival mode. And <laughs> I was kind of like, you know, I think that's a lot of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not alone in this journey, but it kind of, I I really experienced burnout Mm, and it made me really reflect on how is it that I want to live my life and, you know, doing things that are complete in alignment with, with who I am. And, and part of that is living very purposefully each day. Mm, Awesome. Awesome. Like I said, links will be in the show notes for you, for all of you who want to um, follow Yogi Aaron here. Uh, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. Um, and yeah, I just really appreciate you for what you do. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Sweet. All right. Well, everyone, if you want to um, continue this conversation and talk about the episode, we do have I do have a free Facebook group for the Aligned and Well podcast. Go check that out in the show notes and I will see you guys next time. 